0: Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you, welcome to the family. Amen, I'm so thankful for um, the leadership in this house. And I think every single one of us could go around the house and say something about Pastor Matt and Pastor Jess. Um, I venerate them and I love them. Uh, and so I don't cry up here. I would not be standing here if it was not for them. And I think a lot of us could testify of the same thing tonight, uh, that that's been uh, our testimony as well of Pastor Matt and Pastor Justin. so I honor them. Can we show them how much we love them? Put your hands together for them. We love you. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 9, verses 35 through 39. I was... Uh, kind of wavering about whether or not I should say this or not, but I'm going to say it in the most encouraging way possible. Um, one of the things that I love about this house is that it is a teaching house. And uh, whatever is reflected in the leadership, it's probably going to flow down to the body as well. And one of the things that happens is whenever something is mirrored or exemplified at the head, it's also going to happen in the body too. So, if a leader is moving in a certain way, or a certain whether good or bad, a certain gift, or a different, or a certain uh, demonstration, then the people that are following that person are probably also going to be the same. That's why you find in this house there's a lot of people that are, including myself, that are uh, pursuing vocationally to be uh, teachers, and they're um, pursuing literally jobs for the rest of their life to be teachers. And there's a strong anointing on this house for teaching. And uh, Pastor Matt and Jess are not just teachers vocationally, but I believe also uh, biblically. They have a responsibility to the body of Christ, which is that of teaching. Okay, and so that means that, and I say all that to say because if you exam, if you look over at them whenever someone is on the pulpit or somebody is giving the word of the Lord or somebody is preaching, I love about our pastors, and I'm not trying to get brownie points. I promise, I'm just saying this. I'm going somewhere. What I love about them is that if you look at Pastor Matt and Pastor Jess, it doesn't matter if a toddler's up here giving a word, if they're giving a testimony, he's taking notes. And so it doesn't matter what age, what degree they are, they're taking notes. Why? Because wisdom is this. Wisdom is, is I can draw information and revelation, even if it's not the preferred vessel or the preferred age that I like, I can draw wisdom and information, revelation, out of what that person is saying or doing. Ignorance is this, or pride. Because they're not what I prefer, and because they don't have this degree, because they don't move in this way, because they don't have this title, ignorance will say that I'm not gonna take notes. And think about, think about how insulting it is to God When our Bible is majority God speaking through man, and when we decide, when a man or woman of God comes up and begins to give the word of the Lord, that we don't want to take notes. (laughs) And so there's a strong, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to say this because uh, you you don't have to take notes from me, I promise. I'll be okay. I'm I'm going to teach and preach because I want to. But um, I want to encourage you, Take notes. When a man or a woman of God is preaching, take notes. Because if you hunger for the supernatural more than the scriptural, you're going to be deceived. If you hunger, because, because if you have an experience that you're not able to test with scripture, then a spirit of error is going to come in. And then a spirit of deception is going to come in. And you're going to prophesy, you're going to have visions, you're going to have experiences, and you're not going to be able to measure, measure them and test them by scripture. Amen? Amen. John chapter 9, verses 35 through 39, Isaac, quit texting me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be reading the New Revised Standard Version. Um, and the Bible says this. i was just kidding, Isaac, you can text me. The Bible says this. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him. And the one speaking with you, you is he. Verse 38 says, And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do do not see may see. And those who do see may become blind. Father, your word is blessed. We love you. Jesus, do what only you can do tonight in this place. We honor your name, Lord. Lord, even the hearts that lay bare before you tonight, Father, we agree. And we uh, come into agreement concerning what you're going to do in this house, Lord. Speak to the hearts of your people tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen. Uh, so here in the scripture in John chapter nine, uh, there's a man and the disciples are walking past um, a man that is blind and he's supposedly blind from birth. And the disciples ask Jesus, "Has this is it is it because this man did something wrong? Is it because he sinned? Because in that culture and in that era, um, it was supposed it was believed that if." You were sick, it was because of something that you did. It was because of a sin in your life, and it was something that you did, and you deserved that sickness. And so Jesus and the disciples are walking up on this blind man, and uh, Jesus wants to exemplify and demonstrate his power as God and as a healer in this man. And Jesus says something very interesting. He says, uh, no, this man was not blind from birth uh, only because of something that he did. It wasn't because he sinned. It wasn't because he did this or did that. It was because God's work might be revealed in him. And so it's very interesting that God is still God even if we don't understand sickness. God is still God even when we don't, un- when we, when we don't understand why people are or are not healed. Jesus is still who he is when we don't understand or can't comprehend, that, uh, comprehend him. If we were uh, able to comprehend everything, in, uh, uh, everything about God, then we would be him. And so in this story, uh, Jesus is walking with his disciples past this man. And what he does in these coming verses, which we're going to talk about and preach through, and I believe that the Lord is going to minister to some of you prophetically. Uh, and uh, Jesus walks past the disciples, and he has something to say. So I remember uh, when I was younger, did anybody have a, that one friend that was like, had like a trampoline or something or like a pool? Anybody? They had like the, you know, that was, it was lit. Like that was the crib, you know what I'm saying? So I remember going to this one friend's house and um, he had a trampoline in the middle of his yard. The problem was, is that every single time that we would go to his yard uh, or his house in general, he had this little dog named Toto. <laughs> Now, I believe that one of the first prophecies and prophetic words that somebody can get is their name. So, Toto's not starting out so great. Whatever Toto means, um, obviously he was hellbound and Satan spawned. And so, and so, I remember going over to my friend's house. This was probably when I was about 10 or 11 years old. And I remember every single time, Titus, that I would go to my friend's house across the street. We would always have to watch out for Toto because Toto was vicious and he was a small dog. And if you know me, I don't like small dogs. It just kind of makes me, you ever just see something and you kind of just want to punt it? I got a weakness, Sorry. So I remember going over to his house and every single time we would have to watch out for where Toto was. We would have to find out where Toto was hiding because Toto would usually just kind of like run up on me and I would have jeans on or something. I would kind of just be able to cross the yard, okay? So it wasn't, didn't really affect me much. But I remember one time I went over to my friend's house and the trampoline was in the middle of the yard and it was a pretty big yard and um, <laughs> we couldn't find Toto. We knew he was there and so there was this... Peculiar, eerie silence. Um, we just knew Toto was hiding somewhere. And so, being 10 and 11 years old, I remember um, talking to my friend. He's on the trampoline, and I'm getting ready to go for it. And I'm just like, we don't know where Toto is. We can't see him, but we're just going to go for it. So, I remember jumping over the gate and going for this trampoline. And usually, when I got to the trampoline, I would dive in and then I would be safe. That's how I knew I was safe. But about halfway through this time, it was a long run and I'm not a runner. I remember halfway through, Toto, I felt these little two uh, claws come into my skin right here. And I remember like Paul shaking off this like Satan thing off of my arm and I kept on going because I was filled with adrenaline and I remember diving onto this thing and Toto was sprawling on the ground or whatever, and I, was, I thought I was bleeding out. I wasn't. I was literally bleeding everywhere because Toto bit me in the arm. And I remember being on the trampoline, like, you know, we're talking about what happened this time, and the reality was, was we didn't see Toto. And so I tell that story because as I was preparing and trying to figure out what the Lord wanted to do tonight, one of the things that he told me was is that they are going to suffer because of what they don't see. Many of you in this room are walking or about to walk into seasons where you're uh, moving maybe literally or maybe uh, spiritually. Uh, You're choosing degrees. You're choosing what school to go to. You're choosing what home to move into. You're choosing what relationship to engage in or not. And what I believe that the Lord wants to deal with tonight is what you're seeing. There's a a danger in not being able to see the full picture. And before you walk into this next season, if you will open your heart tonight, I believe that God wants to deal with some things that you are not seeing. And if you walk into this next season without consolidating him or without uh, calling upon him and inviting the spirit into this next season, you will suffer. This is not a game. Your salvation is not a game. you choose to marry is not a game. Who you choose to be friends with is not a game. This is your, your children will have to reap the consequences of who you choose to marry. This is not just go to whatever school and get whatever degree. No. The spirit of God is so thick in this place and he wants to deal with what you are seeing. And he wants to deal with what you are about to walk into because if you walk into this next season without seeing him you will suffer. And it's not just going to be you that suffers. It's going to be the people that after you that have to suffer it too. That's why it is critical that you make the right decision in this season and that you walk in with the spirit of God. Say amen. amen. And so in John 9 and 35, in, uh, John 9, 35 and 39, we're going to go there in a second. But if you study anything about uh, the human body, Isaac probably knows about this a lot. If you study about the human body and biblically, what you're going to find is, is that human beings are made to see. I can tell you that Tia's on the front row because I can see with my natural eye, and that's what I comprehend. I can tell you that there's flags uh, all across the room because that's what I see with my natural eye. And not only are humans given the ability by God to see, we find that in the beginning story in Genesis that uh, Adam has the ability naturally to see, excuse me, uh, but we also see that God gives the, has the ability to see too, and God saw, Right? And so uh, it is very critical that we understand that, yes, we've been given the ability to see, to comprehend with our natural eye, but that can also be the greatest deception. And most of us are trying to navigate through a spiritual walk and a spiritual battle with only one sight. And God has given us the ability to see naturally, but also spiritually. It's the Old Testament term ra'ah. It's where we get the term el Roy, the God who sees. And in the New Testament, it's a Greek word that means to perceive, to see, watch this, and to attend to. And so sight is not only about what you can see naturally, but biblically, if you believe that the word is true and you believe that his word is active and alive. Biblically, God has given you the ability to see and to see not only with your eye, but also with your spirit, man. And so it's in the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek because God wants to emphasize something. He wants to show you that you are not engaging in a spiritual battle. This is why in Ephesians 6, the Bible talks about how we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but, but against what? Right. And so it's very interesting that a lot of people, especially Christians, when they get saved and or filled with the Holy Ghost, we get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we try to navigate through our decisions. We try to navigate through our relationships. We try to navigate through our obligations in our day-to-day. Every single day that we wake up, we believe that we only have to see with our natural eye. But you are not engaging in a battle that will be won with only your eyes that God has given you. You, in this next season, I know that the Lord spoke this to me, you are going to have to see a different way. And this is what I want to preach on. It's called See the Sun. See the Sun. You are going to have to see in a different way because the battles that you're facing in your life are going to be engaged and you're going to have to move in them in a different way than you have before with your spirit man. And so um, there's, there's a game, and I'll use this to illustrate kind of there's a game called Murder in the Dark. How many of you played Murder in the Dark? And uh, my friend Jacoby's really good at murder in the dark. He gets into character very well. And uh, I feel like, you know, if things went crazy, then he'd be it, you know. So he's really good at it. And so the reason that people stumble and the, the, the reason that, that this game is fun, not to me, but the reason that this game is fun to some people, is because what you're doing is, is you're turning out the lights until nobody can see and then nobody knows who the proverbial uh, murderer is and the murderer has to walk around and cut and chop the throats of people as they're walking around. And, uh, and this, is the, the, this is where you can run into stuff. I remember playing one time at, at Olivia Mulally's house and Jacoby was the murderer. I can remember running into stuff. I can remember running into other people. I hurt my head. I ran into somebody else and hurt myself. And as it is naturally, so it is spiritually. Whenever you take away light from somebody's spirit man, whenever you take away light from their salvation, that's when you're going to have the opportunity to walk into things that are bad. That's when you're going to have the ability to see a lie and believe it because there's no illumination around it. Because there's ignorance surrounding the thing that God meant to bring light to. And so in this passage, Jesus uses the sight as it uses the sight in this whole entire chapter but he walks up on this man and he's uh, using sight as a means to talk about the human condition. It's one of the ways that uh, Jesus did this. He's spoken uh, 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 the very, the Bible is very symbolic and so uh, when we look at this scripture this man is us. This man that's laying on the side of the road in John chapter 9 is us. We are born blind to the sun. We need a spiritual restoration and deliverance so that we can be uh, uh, brought into full sight of him. This is what Paul talked about when he said, I pray for you that you would grow in the knowledge of God. Because if you walk around life without trying to know and not see him, then that's where you're going to run into stuff. That's where you're going to start to get into some trouble because you're walking around essentially blind. And so Jesus is trying to show us that we are this man that they're walking up on. And so in verses one through four, we're going to go through this quick, and I believe that the Lord has some things to say around these altars. I believe we're going to flow, and God's going to move greatly. Verses one through four: uh, the blind. The the uh, we find that this man is blind from birth, and as I said prior. Um, this man, God, God, or Jesus walks up on this man, and he says that uh, the reason that this man is blind is not because of something that he did, but rather so that God's work might be revealed in him. It was not because of something he did. It was because God wanted to do something through him. And then we go down to verses 6 and 7. Uh, this is very interesting because Jesus spits on the ground. Now, I don't know how many of you in this room would kind of back away if somebody came into the house and tried to lay hands on you. If I spit in my hand and try to lay my hands on you, Leah, and tried to say, this is the will of the Lord. I'm going to spit on you, Ariel, and hopefully God heals you. (laughs) And so Jesus spits in this uh, dirt, and dirt and water, when they're combined, make mud. And the Bible says that Jesus spits in, now, I don't know about you, but I kind of question like how much did Jesus have to spit? But anyway, so Jesus and water in the Bible is very symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus walks up on this man, what Jesus is trying to say is, is that you are dirt, but when water comes and mixes with your dirt, it makes mud. And what Jesus is trying to say is, is that when I mix with your dirt, when my Holy Spirit begins to mix with the very thing that is invaluable, the very places in your life that you feel like are unusable, the very places in your life that you feel like uh, 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 disqualify you, you were born in this family, you Have this addiction currently, you walked into this house and you have this going on and you have this and that and this and that. I believe that what Jesus was saying is that I am bringing when the Holy Spirit comes and He mixes with the dirty places in your life, that's when I can rub the mud on somebody else's eyes. And it's not just for you. God doesn't heal people just for you to walk around and say, Look at me, I got healed. No, but when the water mixes with the dirt, then God can use mud to rub it on somebody else's eyes as a testimony that he's still healer he can rub it on somebody else's eyes as a testimony that I still deliver I'm still the healer I still give sight to the blind I still restore the open eye I still open up eyes to this day and so Jesus uses this as a means to show the disciples and show the man that I'm still healer I'm still God and I can still do whatever I want and then in verses 8 through 12, they said, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Verses 8 through 12, now this man, uh, Jesus sends him off after he rubs the mud in his eyes, and he goes off to the pool of Siloam, which means sin. So Jesus sends this man to the pool with mud on his eyes. Can you imagine that? The man walking around with mud on his eyes. And he's walking around, and he's not healed until he gets to the pool. And so he's walking around with mud on his eyes, and everybody sees him. And the Bible's very clear that when he gets healed, that everyone knows him as the, as the beggar. And so people are surrounding him now, and they're asking him questions, "Is this not the man who was the beggar? He used to sit on the side of the road and he used to uh, uh, beg for uh, uh, change, and he used to excuse me, he used to uh, sit on the side of the road and, and, and do this and do that. And he was blind, and people identified him by his weakness. Rose people knew him as the one who never seen before. He was blind from birth. And, and dare I say, there were people that were counting on him to be blind. There were people that identified, and, I, and we know this because people are frustrated when he becomes healed. People are mad when, he's, when he becomes healed. And they take it to another level in verses 13 through 23, and they go and they tell the Pharisees about it. Because they want the Pharisees, to, you know, the people who are supposed to see God, the people who are supposed to know God, they take it to them. And so Jesus, or this man rather, that is uh, now healed, is dealing with persecutions from or persecution and criticism from people that are supposed to be for him. Have you ever walked into healing and people in your life that were supposed to be for you were not for you anymore? Have you ever found out that the calling that God placed on your life to preach the gospel is not as uh, 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 inviting, it's not as welcoming as you thought? Have you ever found out that when God calls you, maybe he fills you with the Holy Ghost and he gives you power to walk in a new season and you begin to step out and do this and do that? Have you ever found that it's a very lonely walk often? Leadership is very lonely, and I believe that even in this house, there's many of you that God is asking the question, are you willing to walk healed? Healing, there is a price to be paid to walk and see God. There is a price that has to be paid in your family. And many of you in this room, not all of you, but many of you in this room are, 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 were born into iniquity. You were born into a family that still doesn't know God. And you've been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're preaching and you're doing this and you're reading and you're studying and you're seeking. And many of you were born into a uh, 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 uh Uh, atmospheres that are not conducive for the glory of God. You didn't have a father that woke up every single day and taught you how to pray. And yet God called you out of that to ask you the question, are you willing to be healed? Are you willing to be separated? There's a price to be paid to see the sun. There's a price to be paid to see Jesus. There's a price that has to be paid for you to walk in the fullness of your calling. There's a price that has to be paid for you to uh, fulfill everything that God placed on your life. And so, and then uh, in verses 24 through 34, I believe that this is the testimony of my life. Jesus heals this man. And now... This man is walking around town. The Pharisees uh, engage in a full investigation. And the Pharisees come and ask him a question, many questions, multiple times. And then the Pharisees get his parents because they didn't believe that he was blind from birth. So they didn't believe that God actually healed him. And so the Pharisees start investigating what Uh, had happened and what if this really happened and they're questioning the deity of jesus uh how can he be uh do such miracles if he's a sinner how can he do such things and signs and wonders if he is a non-observant jew and essentially what they were doing is is they were trying to qualify and disqualify who can do what and who could do not who could not do what and so uh, uh verses 24 through 34 this man says something that's very interesting When they come to him and they're asking him these questions, his testimony is this. I don't know what happened to me, but one thing that I know, I was blind, but now I see. And I believe in this room tonight that the Lord is about to do something in your sight realm. You've been trying, even in 2020, 2020, uh, people prophesied it and people tried to speak to you and say that it was going to be the year of vision and said that it was going to be the year where you see perfectly. But many of you in this room, 2020, what it did was is it thwarted you from your ability to see. It thwarted you from your clear view of God. it, 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 it 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 absolutely took the ability to see Jesus, the Son of God, and, and it and it put you in a place where you feel blind. But I believe that God is doing a thing in this room tonight where you're gonna walk out of this room and say, I don't know what happened to me, I don't know what happened to me or who happened to me. But all I know is is that I was blind, but now I see areas of my life that I was addicted, areas of my life where darkness had tried to creep in. God came in. And he put light inside of me. Come on, somebody. He came inside of me and he illuminated the areas of my life that were dark. And now my children don't have to walk in darkness. Now my school doesn't have to walk in darkness. Now my family doesn't have to walk in darkness. Why? Because I'm walking in the light now. And I'm not going to walk in what my family walked in. I'm going to walk in sight. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened to me when I was 16 years old when I was 14 years old and I gave my life to Christ. I don't know what happened to me, Tiffany, at Southern Ohio Youth Camp, when I was going between a Baptist church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know what happened to me. I was born into a family that didn't believe in God. I was born into a family that most of them are atheists. I don't know what happened to me. But all I know is is he gave me sight. I was at a I don't know what happened to me. I was I was at Southern Ohio youth camp and I was asking the Lord if if this whole being filled with the Holy Ghost thing is real, if this is what you want for me, if it's your will for me, God then show me. I was walking in a family. I was raised in a family where they were never openly against God, but they never gave room for him to speak. And many, you, you, many of you in this room, that's your testimony. It's that God gave you sight. At Southern Ohio Youth Camp, I was asking the Lord in 2016, Lord, if this is real, I want it. Lord, if being filled with the Holy Spirit is real, I want the real thing. I want to walk in a boldness that, that my family can see. I want to walk in a boldness that my, my friends can see. I don't care what the price is. And I remember that night I was, I was, I lifted my hands and I said, Lord, whatever it is, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people have to say. I remember lifting my hands and Pastor Matt came and touched my forehead barely. And I remember for two to three hours, God filled me with the Holy Ghost for the the first time in my life and Ali since then I remember walking into work and having visions and having having new clarity in the gifts of the Spirit of God God would begin to intervene and use me to begin to stop suicidal thoughts in people I remember working one night the week after I got from back from SOIC after I was filled with the Holy Ghost and I couldn't explain it but there was this sight I began to see people in a new way and I began to open up the scriptures and I began to have this hunger and I began to seek God in the the secret place and I remember as I was working at Wendy's the week after I came back from SOIC and I was filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time there was a woman that came in and she walked in and long story short I remember just walking back to the counter and not knowing what to say to her but I know that if I went back to that counter I literally felt like something horrible was going to happen to me and so I went up to this woman just filled with the Holy Spirit God had given me new sight I walked up to this woman and I said listen ma'am I don't know you I I don't know who you are but all I know is is that God wanted me to tell you that he loves you I didn't have a prophetic word I didn't say anything this is your name all I said was all I know is God wants me to tell you that he loves you and she said what you didn't know is that that night last night I had a gun in my mouth and I said Lord if you're real prove it And I actually wasn't going anywhere to give anybody anything. I don't have an apartment. I'm homeless. She hugged me for 30 seconds with tears in her eyes and then backed up and said. She backed up and said. I was going home to kill myself. And I was seconds away from doing it. God gave me a new sight. And now this seeing man in John chapter 9 the Pharisees are mad, and everyone in the town is talking about this man who just received sight, Michael. And this man begins to walk into new sight. And in verses 35 through 39, we find that. Go to uh, 35 and 39 real quick. The Bible says this Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. And verse 39 says, Jesus said to him, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. And I believe that in this room, I believe that the Holy Spirit sent me just to tell you that he is the revealer of truth. What is truth? Truth is not a principle. Truth is not an ideology. Truth is not a homiletic approach. Truth is not what your, your perception of life. What is truth? Truth is a man. And Jesus said that my hour has come and when I go to be with the Father I'm going to send a helper. The revealer of what? Truth. And so what God is doing in this room is, is he's restoring many of your uh, many of you in this room he's restoring your sight not just with your natural eye he wants you to see the sun in a new way In in what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the truth coming what he was saying the spirit of truth and the revealer what Jesus was saying is, is I'm going to the father I died on that cross I rose from that grave so that you could see the truth who is truth Jesus and many of you in this last season have walked and tried to walk and tried to walk and you've been looking through your natural eyes but God and Holy Spirit in this room has is saying and coming to tell you that I'm going to reveal truth to you again now I know that doesn't excite many of you but around this altar if you will commit what you have been looking at if you will commit what you have been dedicated to seeing I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to show you new ways and you're going to walk in new sight and you're going to see the Son of God in a new way he died for you to see him he died on that cross for you to see him he died on that cross and rose on the third day so that the Holy Spirit could come and reveal truth to you so that you could walk in everything that you're called to do so you could walk in the fullness and the mandate and calling on your life it was him send your feet in this room Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.